and welcome to our latest Sport Ed episode where we discuss all things student sport here at Edinburgh. I am Telford Gray, the Sports Union Media Officer, and in this episode we are speaking all things mountaineering. I am delighted to welcome on board mountaineers Lucy and Eve as guests. Would you like to please introduce yourselves? Yeah, hello. Um, I'm Lucy. I'm the Wellbeing and Inclusion Officer for the Mountaineering Club. Um, I'm a fifth year civil engineering student. I'm Eve and I'm a fourth year at Edinburgh University. I do global health and I'm also the secretary for the Mountaineering Club. And yeah, that's who we are. Oh, brilliant. How, how long have you been in the club? Oh, So, I mean, I have been at the University of Edinburgh for about five years now. I would say this is my third year in the club. I joined the club actually during this COVID year. So uh, I was already at university for a few years prior to joining and then I joined eventually. And it's been brilliant. So the past three years I've spent studying, but mainly climbing and being outside in the mountains with my friends, which has been brilliant. Uh, yeah, and I joined the club in first year, like literally freshers week of first year, knew exactly what I was getting myself in for and was like, yep, yeah, the mountaineering club, that's that's where I want to be. And kind of have been super involved in the club since then. Um, and like met met my current flatmates on the Thursday of freshers week and that was that, essentially. Brilliant. <laughs> it's only if it was easy as that for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I like went to the mountaineering welcome talk and... We were like going to the pub afterwards and just happened to like be walking along next to these like two guys and ended up having a chat and yeah, have been really good friends since and was like, oh, my people, this just kind of happened. I feel like, yeah, almost far too easily. But I think the Mountaineering Club is like, there's a lot of very like-minded people, maybe more so than other sports clubs, I guess. So I think. Yeah, it's like a lifestyle as well as a sport. So the people that you will be getting involved Mm. with are like, if you're outdoorsy, you ter- like certainly have like characteristics that you all just get on with well. It's quite like a common trait within the mountaineering club that everyone's a STEM student as well. Yeah, like, like super high percentage <laughs> STEM students. Yeah, like I feel like I'm one of the rare humanity students. And like whenever you see each other, like, oh my God, you guys do exist as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's good. And you able to tell us like, a bit about the history of the club and how it was funded? Yeah, so it started i always forget what year 1948 yeah. yeah so started in like 1948 i think started a reasonably small club like mostly men although there's some really cool pictures of like women climbing on like the crags like on arthur's seat mm-hmm. or like next to arthur's seat climbing on the crags in like their like super long skirts and stuff Amazing. and stuff in like Lovely. the 50s which were really like cool photos yeah. and i feel like it's just been going ever since there's like yeah. not loads of like interim history but there's like and like one of my favorite things about the club and I guess like the history of the club is you can read like so every year we put our journal basically at the end of the year and like Eve said they're all there back to like the 50s and you can just like pull a journal off the shelf like a random one say it's like Mm. from the 80s and stuff and like a lot of the key parts of the mountaineering club have stayed very similar so like Mm. we go away every other weekend for meets and where we go on those meets and the order of those meets just like hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. So you'll pull this like off the shelf and it'll be like, oh yeah, we were like in Glencoe at the weekend and X, Y, and Z did like this route and had like this massive faff. And then like yeah. we came down and we went to the pub and we had a party and we got kicked out. And like <laughs> it's all, all the of same. these things happened and you're like, that could have been last weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. I think tradition to the mountaineering club is so important. Like we've always we've had the same name, the e- EUMC, and there's kind of like people are members of the mountaineering club as well as members of the university. But sometimes there's like slang to call like a mountaineer called a yummick. So it's felt yeah. So people get so confused. Yeah, and they're like, it. why are you called a yummick? Because apparently back in the day, E U M C said fast sounded like yummick. Oh, I thought it was phonetically. Or it could be phonetically <laughs> too. But like, exactly. It it's up it in just, the air. Like it just doesn't make doesn't that make sense. much sense. And it's like almost zero sense. Yeah, no, I know <laughs> exactly. And yeah. people will be because we're like, oh yeah, the yummicks, or like, oh, we'll come to a yummick thing. And I remember in first year being like. What the hell is a yummick? <laughs> what is a yummick? Like, what is happening? And then, like, you gradually, like, learn you it. You become a yummick. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it's quite a funny one. I feel like people really get thrown by that. And it doesn't make sense, even yeah. to people in the club. But, like, it is what you are, mm-hmm. I suppose. And, like, our ex-yummicks and stuff. Like, yeah. that's our, like, alum and things like that. And I feel like it's one of those things that, like... You always come back. Yeah. Once a yummick, always a yummick. Yeah, genuinely. Much. We were, like previously like in the club because it's been running for so long like there have been like generations of yummicks mm. that have like maybe met each other through the mountain club been in relationships left the club gotten married had kids, kids and their the kids, kids are now in the club and they have now like for example it was a member of our club their parents lived in gbh the cl- the mountaineer yeah. house and then when they were in second year they then lived in the house as well so it's really generational. It's really funny. It could be seen as a bit <laughs> of a cult. <laughs> yeah, so we actually, there's like a very specific group of our age group that's just like happened to come at the same time. So there's a lot of people in the club who like grew up together as kids because all of their parents had met in the club. Yeah. And like one of them's like, oh, well, quite a few of them are good friends. But one of them specifically, like sometimes we'll be like walking down the street and she'll bump into someone. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how she knows this person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what we do is we just refer to it as the cult and I'll just be like, yeah. oh, are they in the cult? And she was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's like this group of like yummick parents that have now had like the next generation of kids who mm-hmm. have also now become members of the club, which yeah. is just like, it's quite a funny, I feel like the mountaineering world of Scotland. It's very small. Yeah. It's small. It's, it's like small. family among generations, among generations. Genuinely. It's not just the family from the first to fourth years or fifth years. It no, exactly. Going. Yeah. And which like, is like so nice. I feel like yeah. our we're not necessarily super organized about our alum stuff but like also you back. have this big network and definitely you really find that especially like when people graduate as if they're keen like if they're keen big members of the club like that just won't be the last time you see them you like the nice thing about our weekend meets is like people can just rock up like yeah. we were in the Kangorms this last weekend and mm-hmm. like Five of our like ex members turned up on the Saturday night or at like various points yeah. and like hung out with us on the to Sunday. Say hi, just to see just how we're like, getting on. Yeah, it, yeah. If Always people got people like looking out for you. Yeah, so. yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, it's real a nice. really nice environment. It's and, a good like, community. It definitely feels like a community. Yeah, like I'm very glad. Like it's definitely made my uni experience how it is. Like yeah. mm-hmm. the thing that I remember and take away from uni, apart from the endless amounts of stress, is like <laughs> sport and stories. Yeah, just, are really, yeah. really the most important. Yeah, yeah genuinely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, mm-hmm. So for like this academic year, what's Mountaineering's uh, like club been up to? All sorts. I guess there's been like quite a lot of like normal programming, like yeah. resumed kind of post COVID properly for the like the first time. Like we had a bit of it back last year, but it's mm-hmm. the first time we've been able to run like our full meets calendar, which yeah. is like I said, like going away every other weekend. Mm-hmm. 
we've got socials on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. But then I also feel like this has also been quite a lot of new stuff. Like we've yeah. got a really, really keen committee. Yeah. And like the time and effort that they've been putting in, I think has really shown in mm-hmm. terms of what we've been offering this year. Yeah, I would say like the committee. So last year at the AGM, the committee were all voted in. And it was like a tough competition for mm. who could like be like the next like president, well-being officer, secretary, everything. So the committee we have right now are very passionate in trying to really improve the club and make the club. This year's been a humongous push for inclusivity and making sure every feels everyone feels welcome within the club and the yeah. mountains. I think especially post COVID as well, there was a cohort of people that joined during COVID, so they saw the mountaineering club with zero means zero socials mm. and things were done on zoom and bouncing back from that i think we just try to make it as inclusive and as welcoming mm. to us all as possible as well like we had we had this skills gap so a lot of like mountaineering being in the mountains like is not necessarily something that you can just pick up straight away mm-hmm. like it's not it requires the certain knowledge that you need to have the certain skills that you need to have mm-hmm. to be safe in those environments um and i think we definitely so i've been this is my third year on committee so i had like my first semester was oh yeah no my whole time on committee basically has been since the start of covid yeah um so like you really noticeably as a committee member like saw that skills gap start to grow and we were at this point where we didn't have enough experienced members for the number of members we were getting because our memberships increased like I think people are starting to appreciate the outdoors more post-covid like really trying to make the most of it and our memberships really seen it's really spiked as a club during covid to retain that Mm. members yeah yeah I remember that people were very keen to get involved in the outdoors and I also think post-covid it did encourage people to kind of find the outdoors a bit more. I think within COVID, there was a big push to get people mm. into green space. But looking back at our membership numbers, they probably sat around like 200, 220 for a year on year. And then as of like two, three years ago, it just spiked up yeah. to 300. And like, it's we've been doing a good job for yeah, sure. So we've been putting on like with that, I guess, back to like this academic year, mm-hmm. I think trying to like manage that skills gap yeah. and correct it so we've had loads of skills sessions um so like every wednesday we're not previously we weren't a club that had like that formal training on a wednesday like wednesday afternoons were not something that we got involved in yeah. i suppose um and but we've now like taken that time in the schedule and we've got like these skills sessions which are peer-led so they're led by like the more experienced members of the club mm-hmm. and they're basically like navigation and climbing skills yeah. essentially so like trying to get those basic skills to as many members as possible Mm -hmm. um and we've also like really increased our like indoor climbing presence so on then on a wednesday evening we've got like a deal with um like a partnership i suppose with eden which is a climbing gym like just on the outskirts of the city where basically our members get a reduced entry on a wednesday afternoon Mm -hmm. um so we've tried to make that like again that community aspect I suppose and that it's not a social but it's a really sociable space like everyone goes down on a Wednesday and like you all climb together indoors and it's that inclusivity of I guess the mountaineering club has a really broad membership like in terms of the activities that people want to do not just like the people but like the activities people want to do and like trying to bring that together um and like bring our outdoor climbers into the same spaces as indoor climbers and like have a bit of unity there Mm -hmm. I'd say is something that this academic year has been 
much more noticeable. Yeah, and I think also in terms of like most of the things in our mount- um, mountaineering club, like everything is peer led. Mm-hmm. For example, the skill sessions are held every Wednesday. They're held by our training and safety officer, and they've been like focusing on their own development as well. They're currently um working towards their MCI, yeah. which is like a mountain leader but like specializing with climbing like it's it's a really big undertaking and it's a big qualification it's like really really spectacular and they've taken it under their own wing to develop a cohesive and really powerful safety plan to take people that maybe don't know anything into actually being fairly competent Mm -hmm. whether that's with mountaineering or with climbing as well yeah and they're doing it whilst being in their final year of their university degree they've got a lot on their plate and like it's all peer led. There's no it's just money like involved. Another it, people are dedicated. Yeah, it's another example of like when your club is filled with people who really love the sport. Yeah, like the lengths that they will be willing to go to. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of lengths are taken. Within become, the club. Like, it really becomes really clear. A part it's of you. cool. Yeah, and I think within terms of like making sure the club is more open to all this year, because we are such passionate members of the club as well, we want there to be a difference. We've really taken it. Like, Mm. we've spoken to so many people and we've been really inspired by our members and other people within the club to really do something about it. And I think that's why we've really been pushing for a more inclusive environment. Like, already, it's a brilliant club. However, there was, like, things are slightly missing. Always make things better. Yeah, but it can always be better. And why not just make things better, you Mm. know? So uh, tell us about the inclusivity steps the Mountaineering Club has done. So I guess, like, the biggest thing, and, like, for Eve and I, anyway, the biggest thing is that this year we've co-founded an initiative called Leading Lassies. Um, and the, basically the focus of that is to bring like more gender equality and gender focus into the club. So traditionally, like mountaineering is a very like male dominated like area. It's the mountains are often very male dominated. Mm-hmm. It's I think and we've chatted a lot about why that might be. But yeah. I think some of the big things are like quite a lot of it is ego and confidence. It's about like backing yourself to be able to do things like this idea that you have to be really strong really fit really fast yeah not be scared of anything like all of these like concepts and I guess stereotypes of what mountaineering is really cater to men it's like not good for men as well to have these awful stereotypes in place like Like, pushed on them having I've climbed with a lot of like people from multiple like sexes and genders and whenever I've climbed with like cis males that are really keen in to be in the outdoors mm. I've often been told you're a really good climbing partner because you don't force me to do anything when I'm scared yeah and it's like these stereotypes that are created and enforced through society and through historical like patterns within mountaineering we're trying to break that for our female members our male members our non-binary members and our all of our members mm. really in general and Basically, taking steps towards a more inclusive environment will enable everyone to get into the outdoors and enable everyone to have a voice within the outdoors. Yeah. So Leading Lassies has really just been a springboard into making sure everyone feels safe and heard within the mountains. Yeah, and and it's like, it's been quite interesting because I think like whilst quite a lot of the like initiatives and the things we've done, so we've had like talks so menstruation in the mountains which is like talking about what to do when you're on your period in the hills and things Mm -hmm. and like looking at athletes and how they deal with it but also like women-led 
strength training and things like that. So whilst a lot of it has been, I guess, kind of centered around females and non-binary people, like Eve says, like one thing we're really pushing for is that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that is for all of our members. Like if people feel that they need to behave a certain way in the mountains and like that they need to be showing or proving themselves, that's actually, it's not safe. And we've yeah, definitely no. seen within the club, like incidents happen because of people not being able to say, actually, I'm, I'm scared. I don't yeah. want to do this. And yeah. so whilst this initiative is definitely focused, like, it basically started from a lot of conversations on sofas yes. and like Sofa, a lot of like, we're not the first people to think this, yeah. but I guess we're just like, it finally feels like the right time to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But like our membership is more than 50% female. Yeah, so like 64 right our now. Yeah. initial membership is like totally looks to be fine. And you're like, great, we're yeah. doing a really good yeah, job. Like you're a really it. inclusive yeah. club. <laughs> yeah. You then get through to our committee and it's 20% female. Mm-hmm. And you look at who are the key voices in the club. You look at like who our social media is promoting and you kind of look at these things and you're like, where are the women? Like are, you don't see that representation and yeah. we're, we don't have that retention. And we were like, where are we, like, where are we losing people here? And so like we looked to focus on that, I suppose like that was kind of what sparked it. And I think it's brought this like much wider conversation, which yeah. is like to see the engagement from all of our members in this mm-hmm. has been really cool. Like it's just, it's nice that something that started because of one reason like is really like growing. Yeah, And we've been really, really lucky to um, get a student experience grant from the uni. Um, so we now have like a really nice pack of funding that's like helped. There was a lot of things, like we said earlier, we've got super keen volunteers. There's a lot of things that yeah. we were already doing before we had money, but just like having this in the pocket to elevate those experiences yeah. and to really like some of the things that we've been dreaming about. Mm-hmm. Like what are those dreams? What so are you hoping to do? Basically, we've always had like this kind of fever dream of, oh my God, do you know what? It would be great to have a meet that was centered around women and non-binary members of our club in order to make them feel safe and empowered in a space whilst enjoying the outdoors. Mm-hmm. So mainly within our meets or our weekends away, we do tend to go to multiple different environments. It's normally quite wet, it's cold, it's windy. It's intimidating. It's, it's very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. and Especially if you're new. Yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah. you're new. And also, if you look at our meets and the way in which our meets are structured, typically it's organised by one of our male members of committee. People that are usually the most experienced on our meets are typically males. And whenever there's a partnership going out to, say, do a climb or a route or a ski or something like that, it typically is male male or male female like, like whatever there's always a male within this yeah. thing so we were thinking wouldn't it be really really cool to have a meet which is really focused on female and non-binary empowerment within mm-hmm. the outdoors and trying to make us as self-sufficient as possible because we're obviously capable of doing this but we've just not really had the opportunity to and i think we chatted about some of like our favorite experiences in the mountains yeah. and almost without fail always they were when we female. were in like all female groups and yeah. we were like sat there being like we cannot pinpoint like it doesn't necessarily make sense as to why that is and it's not at all like i love going out climbing with my male friends like i have brilliant brilliant days yeah. with them but like there's just something the different. The sense of solidarity and yeah. just like that sisterhood and just bring that. Yeah, it's really everyone. beautiful. So um, 
our big dreams now with the Help the Student Experience grant is that we would like to run and we are going to run a female and non-binary meet away. So we're going to go away for our weekend and it's going to be included within our meet calendar. We will be staying in a village hall. Um, which is accessible to all. It's got a ramp. It's got access to different types of toilets. Um, and yeah. There's a large cooking facility. There's shared sleeping areas as well. And with this, we also have money to allow for female and non-binary instructors to coach and provide like really important skills tips, mm-hmm. whether that's about navigation, mountaineering, and things like that. One really important thing within mountaineering is role modeling. Yeah. So even within my dissertation that yeah. I'm doing right now is... Role modeling with four people is really important. People will be more likely to do something if they see someone in within like a higher power dynamic exemplifying behavior that they really like and they want to admire and do. So with that in mind, female role modeling within a female and non-binary environment is mm. super important. It really entrenches and solidifies that feeling of actually I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing Change someone a little do bit that. Perceptions about society, normalize and encourage and empower. Exactly, exactly like exactly that so, and I think yeah. it's been interesting because actually like it's been a challenge in itself trying to find, find them <laughs> those instructors like trying to find female and non-binary instructors is like tricky and it's like okay that kind of proves our point of like yeah. why you need this like why yeah. you need this earlier mm-hmm. to like bring bring those numbers bring up those numbers end. up and like yeah that empowerment is just give that to as many people as possible because yeah. I think we've been really lucky and I think if you if you're a certain type of person and you come in like confident and all guns blazing, like you can do it, you can find that space, but actually it's so hard to be that person for it. And like, actually what we would like is for everyone to be able to like get that and enjoy that empowerment without like for a few years mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Less than that. Well, yeah, but you're so right. Like the longevity of this is something that Eve and I have chatted about a Mm -hmm. lot. And it's really key to us is that we're both graduating at the end of this year. Like, what we really don't want to happen is this is something that's happened for a year and then it, and it stops. stops. Like yeah. we want this to be like an ethos change that continues happening, continues to grow. Yeah, years time. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and back in the day, I done this amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. and look where it's progressed. Uh-huh. Yeah, and definitely like in my vision, I'm hoping like right now it's starting with that like gender equality, but that's certainly not the only not disparity we that. have in yeah. the club. And I'm hoping that this will like kickstart some of those and. I guess in my like role on committee as well being like I want to address as many things as possible but also like there is a limit to it and so I suppose in some ways this is like my way of trying to be like okay well hopefully by kickstarting this thing Mm this will put some other cogs into motion and try and like really drive that Mm -hmm. change. It's basically all about like inspiration and stuff at the end of the day because we myself and Lucy like we sat and we had a coffee and Mm -hmm. we talked about this And then a few days later, we disseminated this idea to all the members of our club. And then a few days later, literally within the space of one week, we ended up having our first Leading Lassies roundtable. Which was amazing. Before this roundtable happens, like we were all working behind the scenes, like making logos, getting like ideas in place, making sure we were all on the same page. I was in there just leading up to that first event. I was so scared that people weren't going to turn up. I was so scared people weren't going to turn up. Like I was really like... It was so stressful. Yeah, we basically, we turned it around in like less than a week and we were really psyched about it. Like people we chatted to seemed really keen, but Mm -hmm. I was like... No well, this actually happening. No <laughs> one's gonna come, and, and like, then like thirty yeah. people in like one of our pals' living rooms, and like this amazing like three-hour conversation with this like group of really cool like female and non-binary people, and you're like, 
oh, these people turn up. The like, energy this was yeah, amazing. They, they like, want to make positive change. Yeah, so. and it was mm-hmm. a real, I think, like confirmation to us. This was something that needed to be done. That what we were doing was like important and needed yeah. and i think i yeah i remember like literally leaving it and like walking down the road my friend i was being so like, happy oh my God, this, <laughs> is, so, so this is so cool yeah. and, I, and th- I think that's like that energy is definitely just like yeah. continued and i think also like even after that first scene lassie's round table like i've had people coming up to myself and speaking about the initiative and myself and lucy's work being like this has been really good i really enjoyed it especially the freshers of our club they have really enjoyed hearing about this and previously we've touched on like this is now the right time to be doing this. And we had some alumni come to our Leading Lassies Roundtable too. And they were kind of like prominent figures of the club as well. And they were saying in their time, three, four, five years ago, that it was not the space. And they were definitely like, they're the people that were my role role models. Yeah, same. And they were sat there saying like, yeah, when we were like in your position three, four years ago, even like this, this wouldn't, have even been talked about like mm-hmm. this would just not have been something that was possible and I think it's been something that's really noticeable on my time in committee mm-hmm. is I remember like that first time I sat on committee three years ago like we were chatting about the potential of like a women's led skills session like again that yeah. idea of role models open for all but like led by women and it did happen in the end but I remember there being like quite a lot of kickback a lot of like well I don't understand why this needs to happen I don't understand like who would benefit from this or like mm-hmm. why this would be a good thing that to do. That confidence at all. A little bit, I think. Like, I think it's hard when you feel like you're having to fight. Yeah. Definitely, even now, like, the the perception has changed so much. Like, we've gone from that to having this whole it's initiative that's centred around, like, our female and non-binary members. But people still combat you sometimes. Yeah. And it can feel really, like, frustrating mm-hmm. because... Like we, yeah, we literally had a room filled with 30 of our like female members who said, okay, this is what we would benefit mm-hmm. from. This is what we'd really like to see. This would be amazing. Like we had a massive document of minutes yeah. afterwards. We had like, <laughs> I asked if I could like anonymize some quotes and everything as well. And just looking back and reflecting on that, it just goes to show that how important it is to people yeah. in order to get into the doors. We had a committee meeting. We have committee meetings very regularly. And myself and Lucy were talking about the women's only meet and the funding and everyone was super excited for us and like yeah we were really happy but obviously there's going to be kickback for yeah. whatever you propose but there was a bit like are you sure you should be spending the money on that is that like really have you what thought you about want? it and things like that and it's like, like this is what our members have said they wanted yeah. and we're just listening to our members and what they yeah want. so important yeah and i think as well like it that definitely does like it knocks you a bit and you're like mm-hmm. oh are we, I'm really doing the right thing? are we doing the right thing <laughs> yeah. oh, but actually like again something that even I've benefited from probably from being in the club for a long time is we have I guess we've been in this environment for a while yeah. and I think from that we've both you like we've both learned them. to stand up <laughs> yeah. for ourselves both learned like how to have those conversations how to deal with some of these people because they are also like they're our friends like we yeah. like have a lot of respect for them and stuff but you also need to learn when to say okay I get I understand that you don't understand this yeah. But actually, it might not be my job to explain it to you. Yeah. And like, if we have come to this conclusion and like we've got that feedback from our members, and this is how we're going to implement this it, this is like, an okay decision. This is this is kind of where we're at, mm-hmm. and you might not one hundred percent get it, but yeah. it's what's going to happen, I no, suppose. So sometimes yeah. you like, I definitely feel like occasionally with this initiative, like in general, it's been so well received, yeah. and everyone's been so supportive, and it's definitely been very obvious that there is a change from three years ago to now, for sure. But also, 
you almost get that reinforcement that it is needed when yeah. you have those conversations because you're like, oh, but we're still not 100% no, there not. yet. Like yeah. we're still having to push that mm-hmm. little bit harder. And there's one thing about it whenever you're in your committee meeting and you're talking about leading lassies and the initiative that it is, there's one thing that makes me wonder that if I was maybe a male in this situation proposing a different idea, would I receive this much kickback for mm-hmm. what I'm doing? Would my dis- decisions be doubted? So that's kind of like yet another thing to think about. So I think that's the most important thing with us listening to our members and sticking by our decisions of having a women's meet is further entrenching the idea that actually, no, we are cis women within this environment and we are correct within listening to our members and yeah. wanting something positive to change yeah. for our um, female and non-binary members of the club as well. But you definitely do just have to remind yourself yeah. and each other of that sometimes. Like it's it's a really it's a thing is a really good experience to have is for like sure being on that cusp of pushing what is a boundary for the mountaineering club i suppose like it's not right and you're just trying to make it the best place yeah, it yeah. Can be and you'll strive through that and with yeah. like have like role models as well and mountaineering club is linked in with some international athletes at some different events mm-hmm. yeah menstruation in the mountains and feeling in the mountains yeah, yeah. yeah. experience of yasmin paris yeah, I mean, so yeah, our menstruation in the mountains. So last year was the first year it ran. This is a so this is a talk organized by one of our members, and we had Yasmin Paris come along, who's like an insane hill runner, team. like yeah. unbelievably <laughs> good fell runner, like competing at the absolute top level, like yeah. and not just as a woman, like competing at the top level regardless of gender. Like she is, she's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and then. Yeah, we had this year was Georgia Tindley, who yeah. is also like a UK based fell runner and sky runner, and she's completed like worlds as well. Like, yeah, so they've, they've yeah. both come along and basically given just like little presentations on their experiences, and yeah, talked about like pregnancy and menstruation and like all of these experiences that they've had as like top athletes, mm-hmm. and like being able to just be in a room with them and like 40 other people. And like, because so at both of these events, I've also done a little presentation as well with a friend, so mm-hmm. like to almost be like on your honor a level yeah. with that to be like, this person is presenting at this thing, and so am I. Like, mm-hmm what is like really (laughs) cool and also like a really cool thing to just show like the the, I guess space and community of like mountaineering in the outdoors in Scotland is really small it's and you you can reach out to these people and like they are normal everyday people who also care about these things and are like super willing to come and chat to you and that's in itself really inspirational to be like whoa Mm -hmm. these people want to come and talk to us (laughs) about this thing like this is really cool I think also because like menstruation in the mountains was such a unifying topic because the majority of women within our club will probably be experiencing a period Mm. and you will have to experience a period in the outdoors so it was quite nice just sitting in a room hearing these stories and testimonies from these yeah these top athletes and just being like wow we are similar you know yeah and And that's I think the way in which of managing periods and menstruation within outdoors as well like we did a lot of conversations about training and the way in which you perform within your sport and the outdoors is really heavily impacted Mm. by your menstrual cycle as well and it's quite interesting to hear about different people and how they've been impacted by that as well and incorporating that into their lives and either cutting themselves a bit of slack or just holding themselves accountable for their actions yeah and it's just really refreshing to hear all of this and the person that set up the talk, Laura Barraclough, she was the secretary the year beforehand and she was a run like or she's a top end runner as well. She currently is in a flat with two like G B runners as well. Yeah. Like, like 
it's an incredible like sisterhood and atmosphere that you have from that and super duper inspirational she had an idea and she was like do you know what i want more conversation about this and the um, yeah the umc facilitated this environment to allow her to speak about this and so many other like organizations and charities have gotten in contact with leaving Lassie's EUMC, Fantastic. Laura, yeah, because um, so more outdoors, who is like an educational coordinator for young people in the outdoors, such as like um, the Duke of Edinburgh Award, they were talking about that because one of their workers, um, she did a presentation at our menstruation and mountains talk as well, mm-hmm. and it was about the confidence gap for females and males within mountaineering. So that was brilliant as well. There's also a scope for a female-led um outdoor shop in fort william opening up yeah and they got in contact with our instagram Fantastic. account as okay. well asking about whether they could screen a talk on menstruation in the mountains as well i think the nice thing about this year's menstruation in the mountains as well was like it was quite closely linked with a lot of the other uni outdoor clubs yeah. and like circling back to like leading lassies and things is like this is not a unique thing to the mountaineering club yeah. and like we've got a lot of pal like friends who are very like involved in other clubs like the Harry's and like all of these and surfing ski like all of these kind of things and it's not a unique problem so yeah. like this was nice because it brought some like unity and I think with leading yeah. lassies so this has also sparked kind of our next series of talks along the same vein which is fueling in the mountains yeah. and that is about like how you eat and fuel your body when you're in the hills especially um, and just kind of addressing eating disorders or disordered eating mm-hmm. and trying to open up that conversation because again like it's quite a taboo topic yeah similar to like menstruation can be mm-hmm. um and i think again we're hopefully gonna have some really good speakers involved in that and just like it's just sparking these conversations and just yeah. really like pushing down these barriers and bringing together we already obviously feel very strongly about our mountaineering community but bringing that together on a wider sphere yeah. and really trying to reach as many Blanking people as possible universities yeah as well again yeah. on the note of other universities when we were at menstruation in the mountains i had people from harriet Watt coming up to me um saying that oh you guys have a really good community within our mountaineering club it doesn't really feel the same please can you include us in more of your things so that's other unis reaching out to us as well we've had other university mountaineering clubs such as glasgow university mountaineering mm-hmm. club and dundee's as well as well as Aberdeen actually like <laughs> it's really exciting it's and then reaching out. with yeah. um, menstruation in mountains as Lucy said we had multiple different clubs coming but I mean we had people from all sexes and genders come to this talk yeah. and we're feeling in the mountains as well like mountaineering is such it's such an individual sport like you are in the mountains for yourself but also you often do it as a team and you've got to make sure that you are safe for yourself as well as your team as well and within the mountains, eating can issues with eating can very much slip under the radar for yeah. performance issues. And I think it's really important to shed more light on this. Like previously having experienced an eating disorder and um, mountaineering and climbing really helped me overcome that. So it's about sharing experiences and testimonies of why feeling within the mountains is super mm. important. Yeah. And we've had like one, I guess kind of similar to like a round table. It was like a very informal discussion. We had one in December just at the end of last semester we've got another one coming up and that was just like this really like honest hard but like really impressive conversation Mm -hmm. where people like really were opening up about their experiences and also just like listening I think that was a key thing was like a lot of just like respect in the room for like people sharing their experiences of fueling and like Eve says like it's so important to your safety like 
whether you do or don't, whatever your relationship with food, fueling in the mountains can make or break a day. Yeah. Like if you are not eating enough and you run out of energy, like that's actually really like it's quite really a dangerous. big thing. And yeah. that's like, everybody does it. It's we've not just jelly babies. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Other, other types of food. And like, we've all been there where we haven't fueled right. Mm-hmm. And like, you're like, oh no, I've got quite a long way to go. And yeah. I can really feel like this energy lacking. And I think, yeah, it's chatting about like maybe the harder end of that spectrum but it is also just bringing an awareness to like the very basic well what food do you pack yeah. for a day out and I think a lot of these things a lot of these experiences are like the mountains can be a really intimidating place there mm-hmm. if you just get thrown into them you're a bit like oh god I've got no idea and I was super lucky to grow up in a family that spent quite a lot of time in the outdoors as a kid so I feel like coming to uni I was kind of had some awareness of a lot of these things and like I'd spent a lot of time in the hills but if you come in at 18 19 and you join the club as a fresher and you're like okay I'm really excited but also I've never done hill walking I've Mm -hmm. never been climbing like I don't know what to do simple things like how much food do you take or like not necessarily how much because it's very personal but like what are you eating how Mm -hmm. do you fuel how do you eat Mm -hmm. like those kind of conversations are again just that inclusivity like really trying to open it up to as many people and the barriers can be as small as that like they can be as small as Mm -hmm. i just don't know yeah what to bring like how many packets of peanuts like (laughs) chat about it and how yeah confident what activities uh, do you have in the mountaineering club that perhaps new members can and become involved with them. So this year we've really focused on making sure, again, our club is more inclusive to all. Again, I didn't join the Mountaineering Club within my first and second year of university because I did grow up in an environment where I was outdoorsy. I grew up in a small village. I climbed before I came to university. However, I just felt too daunted. Whether that was because I was a wee bit younger and a little bit less confident, that might be the case. But mm. this year we've really tried to make sure the club is really beginner-friendly as well as friendly for people that really want to really send hard from the get-go. So um, our weekly schedule is actually super busy. We have a lot of stuff going on. It's so hectic. <laughs> so, for example, on Mondays we run um, a Monday hill run around and near Arthur Seat. You can have absolutely no experience of running, no experience in navigation. It is run by one of our um, members. On Tuesdays, we have an Alien Block Tuesday training session. Again, open to all. The only thing that we require is enthusiasm. On Wednesdays, we have our skill sessions, which are again, and we also have our Eden Wednesdays, which... Yeah, and we also have in that, which is like new as well. Mm-hmm. And as a result, again, of Leading Lassies, yeah. is something we're calling Power Hour. which is basically like women-led strength training sessions so it's about like your climbing strength Mm -hmm. um because you can be strong but not look massive as well yeah Yeah, exactly which is a huge thing in climbing and also like as someone who like i would say i climb quite recreationally like i do it because it's fun but also like i would quite like to be a bit stronger Mm -hmm. but i'm not like i'm gonna spend three hours doing pull-ups every day like but i'm if like you want to look stronger that's okay as yeah, well. yeah, yeah 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 like really and basically power hour is just about giving people the skills to like build that strength themselves because yeah. i think specifically with climbing training there's a lot of like weight going through your fingers often and if you dive straight into the deep end You're you can end up doing yourself. quite a lot of damage and so it's just like this new thing that again open to anyone all abilities come along come with a lot of psych be keen Mm -hmm. and like it's people pushing themselves each individually so like you can be doing a certain number of reps and maybe someone on the other side of the room is doing a different amount but like you're both pushing yourself equally and like having that inclusive you don't have to be 
You don't have to be pulling the strongest or doing the hardest thing because it is so subjective. Yeah. And climbing as well, like, as a sport in itself, for me personally, it's really helped restore my relationship with my body because climbing, it's so individual. Like, you could be climbing really hard for yourself. That could be really even harder for someone else or really easy Mm. for someone else. It is completely up to you at the end of the day. And with power error, that's the main thing we're trying to establish, that everyone is different. Yeah. And the only competition, as cliche as it sounds, is yourself. <laughs> and and that's a really good thing about climbing as well. Like, the way in which you climb, there's different grades. Like, you can monitor your progress. And if you're not progressing as hard as you'd like to, maybe there's other reasons why. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, power error has been a fantastic initiative, which has been kick-started by Leading Lassies, but led by... Um, a few of our current female non-binary members, yeah. which is incredible. Following on from what else we do at the week, yeah. we have... Um, we're not, yeah, we're yeah. not at the end of the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there. Um, Thursday, we have a social every Thursday. Socials are... They can range from like a pub crawl to a crocheting night in. We can do potluck dinners. We've done this thing called Adventure Race where you run around Edinburgh. Yeah, the socials are really varied and there's really everything going on when it comes to socials and... We try to make sure there's a mixture of like pub-based ones, flat-based mm-hmm. ones. We want to make sure that no one feels pressured to do anything that they don't want to. Yeah. Especially with this year, the sports union pushed for full-time on initiations, which has been really powerful within the Mountaineering Club. Previously, as a club, we've never done drinking initiations or push that type of like lifestyle onto our members. However, I think with the like the university culture of sporting clubs that can really be a thing mm. so in mountaineering it's been quite nice that the actions that we were already doing without initiations have really been like appreciated and like yeah. other clubs are like doing it as well and asking you for advice and yeah. yeah yeah and also like with that in terms of our socials like there is no denying that our socials can sometimes be pretty chaotic for like, sure I think everyone would agree to that but we do also have like quite a lot of other things that you can do while socializing like one of the things i've been trying to do this year is like on a Wednesday morning, usually we'll do. I'll have like a well-being, either like coffee morning or a swim. So like we'll go down to Portobello and go for a swim. We went last week; it was so cold. <laughs> and I, I do like, not do these yeah. swims. I was like, oh, maybe this was a with terrible wet suit plan. Or no, wet suit. without wetsuit. But I say I call it a swim. It's a dip. It's a dip. I was I was in for <laughs> literally ten seconds. Um, <laughs> Still but very impressive. Like quite not a nice material yet. Yeah. It was quite like a nice, that's a nice like karma alternative, I suppose. Like it's usually a quite a small group um, who come down and we just like, we'll go for a coffee after a dip and like have a bit of a chat. And like, I think my advice would be if you're one of the people that definitely like does find those like big socials really intimidating, come along to one of those Wednesday morning things. Like it'll be a lot smaller. It's a little bit more it's easier to just like have a chat. Whereas yeah, some of our socials, like they're amazing and they're super fun. And I think when you really commit to getting involved, you'll have a really good time. But also they're definitely not always for everyone. And like, that's quite a hard thing to meet. And I think it happens in all clubs, but we're really trying to make sure if that isn't for you, that there is something else for you mm-hmm. at another time. It's an alternative. Yeah. Fridays are like kind of our finally chilled day, like, <laughs> which is quite nice. Unless um, we go on a meet and then we'll <laughs> okay. expect you to be at Appleton Tower at 6 pm yeah. on Friday <laughs> evening. To so. go on a minibus for either two to five hours going up north <laughs> or down south. But then, yeah, every fortnight we have a meet, which again, 
has been extremely traditional locations for the past like 70 years, which is incredible. And then as of this year, we've now introduced in between those weekends in which we don't have a meet, we have climbing day trips. So this is mainly geared towards the people that maybe can't give up an entire weekend or mm. they just don't want to. Um, so climbing day trips can really range from, they're mainly outdoors, so geared towards like kind of traditional climbing um, rather than indoor sport climbing. And again, open to all abilities mm, as long as you've run, got a partner. Yeah, we run some of our skills sessions on those weekend meets as well. So yeah. even if you've never done trad, like if you get a spot on a skills session, you can come along for the day. And yeah. like that's another time where we'll build up those basic skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like I guess circling all the way back to that initial question <laughs> of like how beginners are getting involved this year. Like that's another one of those things yeah. is like that's a little bit easier to like get involved. Yeah, in. so there's many things. Yeah, oh, basically fantastic. the mountaineering yeah. club could be your entire life, but Which you can <laughs> you like can also like dabble. You yeah. know, you can come to one or two things. Like there's obviously a lot, there's a lot going a on, and you can kind of hopefully what we would like to think you can like pick and choose a little bit, and like yeah, yeah maybe you want to do it all, and that's amazing. Get involved. We'd mm. love to see you. But also, if one of those things really stands out, something you can enjoy, then come along to that and yeah. like really do that with yeah. enthusiasm. And is there one word to sum up mountaineering? Mountaineering Club at Edinburgh, what would it be? That's One so word. hard. Mainly for me, I would say community. That's exactly what I was about to say. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the nail on the head. Maybe because we've said it so many times yeah. in this podcast. But yeah, like community. Community for me as well. That's what it like. That's just that's what it is, and that's like I think not just a community for union right now, but like definitely for the future. Like the mountains and the things you get up up to in the mountains. Like if you are someone who like like spending time outdoors I think that's something that you will probably like doing for a really long time and that's just such an easy way to connect with people like it can be someone you've never met and you're like oh well do you want to go for this run or like do you want to go climbing and like you just have that instant yeah it's brilliant and so you can kind of clock each other you have like a radar (laughs) and like for example like we're both leaving like university this year and we're both leaving Edinburgh yeah so one thing for me is like I'm a bit daunted moving to a new city but I know that there are climbing walls about. I know there are keen people that like the outdoors. And you can forge a, like, a network and like a friendship with someone with that common interest of the mountains. And again, I'm going to be really cringy. The mountains <laughs> will always be there. So whenever you are stressed or life's getting you down, if that helps you, you can go to them. And it is really nice. And just knowing that you feel included within that environment and that community, what more could you ask for? Oh, hey, that sums up this episode uh, to a T. So, hey, thank you very much for uh, joining us today, and Thanks we for wish us. you yeah, thank you all the best for your mountaineering future. So, thank, thank you, you very thank much. Thank you.